Paragraphs 54 through 67 of Treatise on Christ and Antichrist by Hippolytus of Rome. Translated by Alexander Roberts and James Donaldson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. As his tribe, then, and his manifestation and his destruction have been set forth in these words, and as his name has also been indicated mystically, let us look also at his action. For he will call together all the people to himself out of every country of the dispersion, making them his own, as though they were his own children, and promising to restore their country, and establish again their kingdom and nation, in order that he may be worshipped by them as God. As the prophet says, He will collect his whole kingdom, from the rising of the sun even to its setting. They whom he summons, and they whom he does not summon, shall march with him. And Jeremiah speaks of him thus in a parable. The partridge cried, and gathered what he did not hatch, making himself riches without judgment. In the midst of his days they shall leave him, and at his end he shall be a fool. It will not be detrimental, therefore, to the course of our present argument, if we explain the art of that creature, and show that the prophet has not spoken without a purpose in using the parable or similitude of a creature. For as the partridge is a vainglorious creature, when it sees near at hand the nest of another partridge with young in it, and with the parent bird away on the wing in quest of food, it imitates the cry of the other bird and calls the young to itself, and they, taking it to be their own parent, run to it, and it delights itself proudly in the alien pullets as in its own. But when the real parent bird returns, and calls them with its own familiar cry, the young recognize it, and forsake the deceiver, and betake themselves to the real parent. This thing then the prophet has adopted as a simile, applying it in a similar manner to Antichrist. For he will allure mankind to himself, wishing to gain possession of those who are not his own, and promising deliverance to all while he is unable to save himself. He then, having gathered to himself the unbelieving everywhere throughout the world, comes at their call to persecute the saints, their enemies and antagonists, as the apostle and evangelist says, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city who came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, Yet, because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. By the unrighteous judge who fears not God and neither regards man, he means without doubt Antichrist, as he is a son of the devil and a vessel of Satan. For when he has the power, he will begin to exalt himself against God, neither in truth fearing God, nor regarding the Son of God, who is the judge of all. And in saying that there was a widow in the city, he refers to Jerusalem itself, which is a widow indeed, forsaken of her perfect heavenly spouse, God. She calls him her adversary and not her savior, for she does not understand that which was said by the prophet Jeremiah. Because they obeyed not the truth, a spirit of error shall speak then to this people and to Jerusalem. And Isaiah also, to like effect, for as much as the people refuseth to drink the water of Siloam that goeth softly, but chooseth to have Raisin and Ramaliah's son as king over you, therefore, lo, 
The Lord bringeth upon you the water of the river, strong and full, even the king of Assyria. By the king he means metaphorically Antichrist, as also another prophet saith, And this man shall be the peace from me, when the Assyrian shall come up into your land, and when he shall tread in your mountains. And in like manner Moses, knowing beforehand that the people would reject and disown the true Saviour of the world, and take part with error, and choose an earthly king, and set the heavenly king at naught, says, Is not this laid up in store with me, and sealed up among my treasures? In the day of vengeance I will recompense them, and in the time when their foot shall slide. They did slide, therefore, in all things, as they were found to be in harmony with the truth in nothing, neither as concerns the law, because they became transgressors, nor as concerns the prophets, because they cut off even the prophets themselves, nor as concerns the voice of the Gospels, because they crucified the Saviour himself, nor in believing the apostles, because they persecuted them. At all times they showed themselves enemies and betrayers of the truth, and were found to be haters of God and not lovers of Him. And such they shall be, then, when they find opportunity. For, rousing themselves against the servants of God, they will seek to obtain vengeance by the hand of a mortal man. And he, being puffed up with pride by their subserviency, will begin to dispatch missives against the saints, commanding to cut them all off everywhere, on the ground of their refusal to reverence and worship Him as God, according to the word of Isaiah, Woe to the wings of the vessels of the land beyond the rivers of Ethiopia! Woe to him who sendeth sureties by sea, and letters of papyrus upon the water! For nimble messengers will go to a nation anxious and expectant, and a people strange and bitter against them, a nation hopeless and trodden down. But we who hope for the Son of God are persecuted and trodden down by those unbelievers. For the wings of the vessels are the churches, and the sea is the world in which the church is set, like a ship tossed in the deep, but not destroyed. For she has with her the skilled pilot, Christ, and she bears in her midst also the trophy, which is erected over death. For she carries with her the cross of the Lord. For her prow is the east, and her stem is the west, and her hold is the south, and her tillers are the two testaments and the ropes that stretch around her are the love of Christ which binds the church. And the net which she bears with her is the labor of the regeneration which renews the believing. Whence, too, are these glories? As the wind, the Spirit from heaven, is present, by whom those who believe are sealed. She has also anchors of iron accompanying her, namely, the holy commandments of Christ himself, which are strong as iron. She has also mariners on the right and on the left, assessors like the holy angels, by whom the church is always governed and defended. The latter in her, leading up to the sail-yard, is an emblem of the passion of Christ, which brings the faithful to the ascent of heaven. And the top sails aloft upon the yard are the company of prophets, martyrs, and apostles, who have entered into their rest in the kingdom of Christ. Now concerning the tribulation of the persecution which is to fall upon the church from the adversary, John also speaks thus, And I saw a great and wondrous sign in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cries, travailing in birth, 
and pained to be delivered. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, who is to rule all the nations. And the child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath the place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And then, when the dragon saw it, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of the great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, where she is nourished for a time, and times, and half a time, from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the saints of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus. By the woman then clothed with the Son, he meant most manifestly the church, endued with the Father's word, whose brightness is above the sun. And by the moon under her feet, he referred to her being adorned like the moon with heavenly glory. And the words, Upon her head a crown of twelve stars, refer to the twelve apostles, by whom the church was founded. And those, she being with child, cries travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered, mean that the church will not cease to bear from her heart the word that is persecuted by the unbelieving in all the world. And she brought forth, he says, a man-child, who is to rule all the nations, by which is meant that the church, always bringing forth Christ, the perfect man-child of God, who is declared to be God and man, becomes the instructor of all the nations. And the words, Her child was caught up unto God and to his throne, signify that he who is always born of her is a heavenly king, and not an earthly, even as David also declared of old, when he said, the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And the dragon, he says, saw and persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of the great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, where she is nourished for a time, and times, and half a time, from the face of the serpent. That refers to the one thousand two hundred and threescore days the half of the week, during which the tyrant is to reign and persecute the church, which flees from city to city and seeks concealment in the wilderness among the mountains, possessed of no other defense than the two wings of the great eagle, that is to say, the faith of Jesus Christ, who, in stretching forth his holy hands on the holy tree, unfolded two wings, the right and the left, and called to him all who believed upon him, and covered them as a hen her chickens. For by the mouth of Malachi also he speaks thus, And unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. The Lord also says, When ye shall see the abomination of desolation stand in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains, and let him which is on the housetop not come down to take his clothes. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take anything out of his house. 
and woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For then shall be a great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. And Daniel says, And they shall place the abomination of desolation a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth, and cometh to the thousand two hundred and ninety-five days. And the blessed apostle Paul, writing to the Thessalonians, says, Now we beseech you, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our gathering together at it, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letters as from us, as that day of the Lord is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come the falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believeth not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And Isaiah says, Let the wicked be cut off, that he behold not the glory of the Lord. These things then, being come to pass, beloved, and the one week being divided into two parts, and the abomination of desolation being manifested then, and the two prophets and forerunners of the Lord having finished their course, and the whole world finally approaching the consummation, what remains but the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from heaven, for whom we have looked in hope, who shall bring the conflagration and just judgment upon all who have refused to believe on him. For the Lord says, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And there shall not a hair of your head perish. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Now the fall took place in paradise, for Adam fell there. And he says again, Then shall the Son of Man send his angels, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds of heaven. And David also, in announcing prophetically the judgment and coming of the Lord, says, His going forth is from the end of heaven, and his circuit unto the end of the heaven, and there is no one hid from the heat thereof. By the heat he means the conflagration. And Isaiah speaks thus, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chamber, and shut thy door, hide thyself as it were for a little moment, until the indignation of the Lord be overpassed. 
and Paul in like manner. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth of God in unrighteousness. Moreover, concerning the resurrection and the kingdom of the saints, Daniel says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall arise, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Isaiah says, The dead men shall arise, and they that are in their tombs shall awake, for the dew from thee is healing to them. The Lord says, Many in that day shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. And the prophet says, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And John says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. For the second death is the lake of fire that burneth. And again the Lord says, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun shineth in his glory. And to the saints he will say, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But what saith he to the wicked? Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels, which my Father hath prepared. And John says, Without are dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever maketh and loveth a lie. For your part is in the hell of fire. And in like manner also Isaiah. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. And their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be for a spectacle to all flesh. Concerning the resurrection of the righteous, Paul also speaks thus in writing to the Thessalonians. We would not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice and trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. These things then I have set shortly before thee, O Theophilus, drawing them from Scripture itself, in order that, maintaining in faith what is written, and anticipating the things that are to be, thou mayest keep thyself void of offense both toward God and toward men, looking for that blessed hope and appearing of our God and Savior, when, having raised the saints among us, he will rejoice with them, glorifying the Father. To him be the glory unto the endless ages of the ages. Amen. End of paragraph 67. Recording by Jonathan Lang. End of Treatise on Christ and Antichrist by Hippolytus of Rome. Translated by Alexander Roberts and James Donaldson.